Just nine miles east of central London, Barking and Dagenham Giving are trying something that has never been done before. Their Grow Fund, England's first community-led investment fund, is backing community enterprises that will make a commercial and social impact in the borough of Barking and Dagenham. So, what makes this fund so special? Well, it was the local residents who decided how the fund was managed and invested. So join me as I speak to the business owners, the decision makers and the charity at the helm about what happened next. I'm LV Matty. Welcome to Nine Miles East, a podcast about a financial first. The original purpose of clothing was pretty simple, really. We needed to keep warm, protect ourselves and maintain some kind of modesty. Of course, all those things are still true, but fashion has evolved into a booming industry that is worth billions to economies worldwide. So that's the money side, but at what cost? Well, between manufacturing, logistics and waste, fashion has become one of the most polluting industries, with some reports suggesting that it produces about 10% of annual global carbon emissions. And due to fast fashion specifically, which relies on mass-producing things quickly and cheaply, chucking things out and replacing them with new things to keep up with trends has become the norm. But all those discarded clothes have to go somewhere, so landfills are overflowing and textile waste is piling up. So how do we tackle this issue? Well, right here in Barking and Dagenham, one woman is on a mission to do her part. Kemi Oleyedi, is the creative director of the Sew London Project, a recycling and sewing studio situated in Barking. One of Kemi's passions is helping to educate people on how to creatively reduce textile waste. So my name is Kemi Day, and I run the Sew London Project CIC. And what we do is we're a sustainable responsibility, creative social enterprise, and we help to reduce waste. Kemi opens up about her background in fashion and takes us back to when she went back to Nigeria and realised the importance and benefits of upcycling clothes. So my background in fashion goes back into decades, really. We're looking at over 30 years long, um, my passion with fashion. I first studied um, fine art and then went in and studied, went back and studied fashion. But I think my fascination started with through my mum, actually, because she was always upcycling things and I just couldn't understand, well, why can't she just buy something new? Why, why, do, why does she always have to upcycle fabrics? And everything, everything is upcycled. And I, I, I mean, I was born here and brought up here, but I had the opportunity of being taken back home. And I noticed that they repair everything. I just, I found it so fascinating that everything is repaired, especially when it came to garments and shoes. Everything is upcycled. And that's really what got me passionate about making things, and still creating something fantastic and new out of something old. Upcycling and restoring the value of old clothes gives Kemi great joy. It's also a challenge that she enjoys. Something that would have been destined for landfill or being thrown away, um, I could take it and, and transform it into something else. And um, I'm still doing that. And I still gain pleasure, immense pleasure, because you just never get... The outcomes are never the same. So you could be given a whole 
donation of bed sheets today and you think oh they're just plain white bed sheets and then a project comes up and you can tie dye them and turn them into real fabric and make them into garments so nothing goes to waste and I think that's always been the ethos around what I do and the passion that anything that's donated to me or anything that comes to me that's damaged it's almost like I won't be defeated by this I'm going to make sure I get something out of this and bring it back to life and that's um, what I do. Kemi also has a strong background in teaching and has spent a great deal of time in the classroom. Kemi talks us through how she first became an educator and how her impact went beyond the classroom. I worked as a teacher for 21 years. I think being able to work with young people, especially young black children, there was a lot of representation. So being able to impact their lives, especially when they were dealing with things at home and, and they couldn't understand whether I understood where they were coming from and that was so important to them. So it wasn't just about the subject, there was that pastoral care that I had to put in place to support young people. I'm grateful that I was able to have that fantastic career and opportunity and um, four months ago, I think March, it was in, was, it was in March, one of my ex-students invited me to his wedding. Actually, I taught both of them, so it was quite amazing to be invited to their wedding. When Kemi was teaching, she discovered that many students could not attend the school prom because they couldn't afford their dresses. Not wanting her students to miss out on their special moments, Kemi devised a solution. I remember there was one year where there was a young girl that inspired me, you know, and everybody was talking about their prom dresses and they always used to come into my room because I was the go-to person when it came to fashion and clothes and all the trending things and... She just sat there quietly and she didn't say anything. And I said, oh, wh why are you not taking part? Are you not coming to prom? And she said, my dad can't afford it. And that really broke me. So that was why I, I set that up. Kemi always sees opportunity in adversity. She saw the project prom as a way of teaching an important life skill to her students. I began to realise there were other children whose parents couldn't afford prom dresses. And as the more research I looked into it, I realised that there was a whole wealth of knowledge about proms and prom dresses and how young people could get their prom dresses cheaper. And one of the, the ways of doing it was either you could rent a prom dress or you could make it. And I opted for making it because I wanted them to have that life skill. And I think that year we managed to get about four or five students wear their prom dresses. So I was super proud of that and I've still got the pictures till today. So London is a recycling and sewing studio which makes the old and unwanted new and desirable. I'll let Kemi share how it went from a bright idea to a real business. I've been fortunate to have been inspired by so many young people and I remember I used to take projects into school to show my students this is what I make and I, I ran a blog then called teacher by day, fashion designer by night. And I used to take in all the things I'd made to show my students to say, look, you know, these are the things that I do and this is what you can do. This is what you can achieve. And one of the students said to me, Miss, why are you here? You, you, you create these amazing things. Why are you not running your own business? And I, I remember saying to him, I've always wanted to run my own business, but I'm just looking for the right time. Well, the right time did come about four years after having that conversation. And that's when I left in 2012 and we started the Soul London Project in 2013. 
and became a social enterprise in 2020, March. It's no secret that creativity is vital to health and well-being. Kemi's Soul London project follows a similar thread. What led me to set up Soul London project was I, I realised that when it comes to creativity, a lot of people don't necessarily key into it. I realised that creativity is so vital for health and well-being, which wasn't being talked about a lot 10 years ago, which is quite amazing that everyone now is, you know, there's a buzz about it, which is brilliant. But when I started about 10 years ago, people were more focused on the academics and tech. Nobody was talking about creativity and health and well-being. They, they didn't make the connection, or if they did make the connection, people weren't talking about it the way we're talking about it now. So I was really passionate that I wanted something, a kind of place that we could create, that people could walk in, and, and, and come into our workshops and walk away feeling much better within themselves, you know, and that I could pass on a creative skill. So we don't just teach people how to sew. We teach people how to upcycle. We teach people through art. Um, so our skills are quite varied and wide. Kemi wants to empower people to develop their creativity and learn new skills outside of the traditional worlds of academia. Another thing that inspired me was I met a lot of young people that were not necessarily academic and they could talk to me because they realised that, miss, I don't necessarily know what I'm going to be when I grow up. However, I like art. I like creativity. And each time they spoke to me, I saw a bit of me in these young people because I always wanted to be an artist. I never knew that I could build a career out of it the way how I have over the years and I went from artist, fashion designer to teacher and back into artist, fashion designer and teacher. Kemi's studio is in the quiet corner of the Malt House, where many arts, theatre and design companies are based. So I'm going to take you into my world. So this is where all the amazing creative things happen. So this is the Soul London Project, my amazing creative space, where I've got God knows how many sewing machines industrial, domestic. This is where all the amazing things get made in my little world here, my space here. And this is where I conceive ideas. That's my desk. And that is the workstation where all the amazing things, as you can see, I literally just ordered another machine. I'm completely bonkers with sewing machines. Kemi opens up about what it would mean for So London to have a physical retail store. But it was the young people that I worked with again that made me realise there's a need out there. There's a need for people, young people, but not just young people. The more I, I started to reach out to my local community, I, I found adults who just wanted to express themselves through creativity, through sewing, through upcycling, through art, through craft. And I and it really opened up my eyes to the to the need out there for the So London project becoming a permanent face on the high street and that's what we're working towards before the high street store becomes a reality Kemi explains the importance of the donations so london receives another thing that we we do is we we help reduce textile waste again we found that was a huge problem the more i put the word out there the more i was able to connect with companies who wanted a middle person like me and they didn't know people like me existed and they said 
Would you take this off us? We're, we're going to burn this. It looks good on our books if we look sustainable and we donate this textiles to you. Will you take this off us? I was like, yeah, I'm happy to take it off you. And the more donations started to come in. So a lot of these donations we sell on the money we get, we put it back into helping us run the So London project. So that's basically what we do as a business. So London operates as a business in two distinct ways. Kemi elaborates on how they both work. We provide a service and we provide products. The products are the things we upcycle and the things that are donated to us. So the textile waste that is donated to us. At times we do get rare things that we think, okay, people might be interested in this um, when we have space. So for example, we have a company that donates a lot of textile to us, but they also got this amazing furniture. And we know that this is furniture that could go to good homes. So whenever we have the space for pop-up, like um, we will be doing a pop-up next month, we take on some of those things. Whatever we can't sell, the companies take back off us, but we, they, they allow us to keep all the, all the profits to go back into our social enterprise. The services that we um, provide is um, repairs and alterations. So London also delivers bespoke creative workshops. Kemi reflects on the workshop sessions and shares a recent success story. So we run a lot of creative workshops to young people we teach them those skills, uh, entrepreneurship, how they can use their creativity to, to make money. Um, some of them go on to actually run their own little cottage industry industries from their, from their, from their homes, which, is, which I find amazing. Um, one young lady, I taught her how to make scrunchies. So she's just making loads of scrunchies. She's selling them to friends and family. Um, the, the next thing I'm trying to teach that young person is how to set up their own um, online shop. While Kemi's work with So London is creative at its core, she also recognises the fashion industry's impact on the planet. Kemi explains how So London's work extends the life of clothing and helps the environment. One of the programmes that we set up is to go into schools to teach them how to reduce textile waste, how fast fashion isn't really a fantastic idea and the harm that it creates in the environment. Um, a lot of the garments made from fast fashion are not made to last. They are garments that are, synth are made of synthetic fibres and therefore don't break down easily. And when people dispose of it, if it can't be sold on, um, they go into landfill or they're incinerated. So it creates a whole load of problems in the environment. So that's one of the reasons why we come in to say, well, look, before you throw away a garment or discard of it, here are the ways in which you can discard all this garment. If you know you are completely addicted to fast fashion and you can't help yourself, please, 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 when you finish with the garment, please pass it on, give it to a charity shop because um, at least it gets a second wear. You extend the life cycle of that garment. Repairs and alterations are part of everyday life at So London and vital in achieving its aims. Kemi shares how a broken zipper can become a collaborative project for young people. So another thing we do is repairs and alterations. Um, again, to extend the life cycle, like if a zip breaks, we, re we repair it. I also join, oh, I do a collaborative project with um, Recycle for London. And whenever they need um, people to, to come out and join them for their projects for repairs and alteration, I normally link up with them and we 
I run a repair and alteration service. Tammy's approach for adults is slightly different, focusing on mental health and well-being. She also runs the Pleasure Profit Project, highlighting how sewing can be therapeutic. So some people want it for just their well-being and they find it very therapeutic and some people want it because they want to run their own um, businesses and I show them how they start off by making really simple things, put it online, see how it goes, start selling through platforms like eBay. I sell on eBay, I sell on Depop and I'm attempting to, to, to consider Vinted. Um, so again, there, there's so many options out there and these are the things that I do to equip women, especially women who come from very challenging backgrounds and find it really difficult to have their own finances. At the same time, I'm very happy to take on men. I just haven't had any at the moment. But we, we, do, we deal mainly with women and young people. Kemi opens up even more about why she is so passionate about fashion and sustainability from a moral and creative standpoint. The reason why I'm so passionate about fashion and sustainability is we can't do without wearing clothes, number one. And when we do want to wear clothes, we want to wear our clothes stylishly. Um, I think it's just the way how you get some people that are passionate about mathematics or they're passionate about computers. I'm just passionate about clothing. But my passion for sustainability, I place it above looking good in the clothes. And the reason why I say that is if you shop your garments with a level of re sustainable responsibility, you will buy garments knowing that they were not being made in sweatshops, that the material is organic, um, they're biogradable. So even if after years and years and years and years, they can break down eventually. That is why I'm passionate about it. It's, in, it's important that we realise that the impact of fashion on the environment is really, really bad. As a matter of fact, the amount of things being thrown away in recycling bins, just household recycling bins, is horrifying. So I began to realise if I can start teaching young people the harmful effects of textile waste, then hopefully they would rethink how they do their shopping. They would shop in a more responsible, sustainable manner. And the same thing goes for adults. So that's why I've been really passionate about that. As with everything she does, Kemi empowers those around her through education. Even though she's no longer in a conventional classroom, Kemi is absolutely still a teacher. The workshops that I'm running in my local community at the moment, one of them, which was funded by NSEAL, is health and well-being within the community. So I've taught about three groups currently, and I, I'm teaching them how to sew, how to repair, how to alter, how to read a commercial pattern. These are all the skills. I teach them as beginners, and we gradually build up the skills. So they normally come to me for the first workshop, I do a session of six per group. In the group, there is a mixed ability. At times you get beginners, you get intermediates, you get advanced sewers, but they all want to come together and they have three things in common. Their passion for sewing. They want to reduce isolation, social isolation. So they want to come out and mix with other people. And also because they, they're passionate about sewing and creativity and the environment. So I sort of combine all that in my workshops for adults. 
Also, again, I have some of the adults who want to gain financial freedom and they go, well, Kemi, I'm beyond beginner. I can actually sew. Then I also run other workshops for them and teach them about entrepreneurship, how they can use those skills to um, create a small business for themselves and, and gain financial independence. The workshops I run for young people are usually for teenagers, so I don't let children below the age of eight go, in, go on a sewing machine. I teach them how to hand sew, which was a skill that we've almost lost in in schools, and I'm trying to bring that back through my summer school projects. So children below the age of eight, I teach them hand sewing. Children above the age of eight, actually, I would say from below the age of nine, hand sewing, and then usually from 10 upwards, I allow them to go on the sewing machine. Again, I teach them about um, sustainable responsibility through fashion, teach them how they should just rethink the process before buying garments and I educate them about fabrics because a lot of times if you understand the nature of fabrics then when you do buy garments you realize okay if I buy cotton I'm going to breathe my skin's going to breathe through the garments a lot of people don't think about that uh, a lot of times they just go oh, this is really nice and fashionable so I'm going to buy it so I educate them about fabrics where it comes from how it's manufactured how a garment is put together and I, I just get them to think through the whole process of production before they go out and buy a garment. So that's um, what I do through my workshops. Kemi looks back at the workshops from the Grow Fund and which empowered her the most? I think it's going to be the sales strategy um, session purely because I do a lot of selling. And it's really important to know what you're doing, how you're doing it. You know, you run a business, you've got to have a business plan. You're going to sell, you've got to have a strategy how you're going to sell. And I think that for me was one of the most important workshops for me. I met other people too that were asking similar questions, even amongst ourselves on the same table and going, oh, well, I provide a service. How do I apply that to the service? And it, it, it's quite amazing how you are able to bounce off each other in those sessions to ask those questions. So for me, I think the sales, uh, sales strategy was a more, more important workshop for me. What has the Grow Fund allowed Kemi to do? And how has it brought her closer to her dream of going from click and order to bricks and mortar? What I found really great about the Grow Fund is it's enabled me to stretch myself beyond certain parameters so in the past where you get small pots of funding you cut your coat according to its size you just go okay well I can only do this and I can only do that but this has given me such um scope to really achieve a miniature version of my dream so that dream is being able to provide a service and being able to sell a product at the same time and to actually sell on a high street through a pop-up shop, for me, is just amazing. I think if I didn't have this funding, it might take me quite a, a bit longer to get to where I wanted to go to. So I think with this funding, it's given me that fantastic opportunity, got my foot on the ladder to be able to achieve those things and at the same time grow. For Kemi, the Grow Fund has expedited her business strategy without skipping steps or cutting corners. I mean, when we say grow, it really has allowed me to grow. 
literally, because I'm able to achieve certain things that I saw maybe in another four or five years. It's sort of fast forwarded that for me to present. So I'm ever so grateful and, and honored that I got the, not just got the funding, but that I'm now able to achieve things that I dreamt about that I thought, okay, this is my three year plan in three years time. I'll be able to do this. This is my now, my reality, and I'm living it. So I'm super excited and grateful that I got this and Growth Fund has allowed me to do this. So what would Kemi, the seamstress, teacher and entrepreneur, say to someone considering a plan for the next round of funding? What I would say to someone who's considering applying for the Growth Fund is to have a plan. When you are applying for the Growth Fund, think about what and who you want to impact. Don't just apply for it because, well, hey, there's an opportunity to get money. Think about your why, your how, and your who. If you can think about those three things, then it enables you to put together a strong case for the actual um, application um, process. I think if you don't think about it, you just think, oh, it's an opportunity to get money, then you've missed the point. You've got to think about who you want to impact, why you want to impact, what change do you want to make, and how are you going to make that change? When you think about all those things, it enables you to put together a succinct strategy or strategic business plan for applying for the funding. What does Kemi love most about Barking and Dagenham? What I love about Barking and Dagenham is a community spirit. It's the way how the people that I've connected with through my business, how they, they're just unbelievably supportive. It, it's like, Kemi, have you got the space yet? Wherever you're going, we're coming. It, it's like, it's just that beauty, the, the community cohesion. cohesion. This episode of Nine Miles East was produced by Chris Mitchell, Cass Denton, and also Hannah Varrell, courtesy of the Feast Collective. Additional editing was done by Engin Hassan, and sound design was by Chris Mitchell. The podcast concept came from Louise Kavanagh at Purposeful Marketing. If you like what you've heard, feel free to leave a rating or a comment and tell all your friends about us. If you live in Barking and Dagenham, and this episode makes you glow with pride, please share it with your neighbours, friends and local family. The more residents who know what's happening here, the better we can shape the future together. This podcast is brought to you by Barking and Dagenham Giving. To learn more about the Growth Fund and other things happening with BD Giving, please visit bdgiving.org.uk.